Welcome to the Nutramedical Report. And we have a, a cameo by Dr. Frank B. Fisher, one of the top pain doctors in modern history. And uh, we're going to hear his cameo first, and then a very important response from Alan Watt, literally with the sharpest tool to cut through the matrix, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Do get his materials by going to his website. This is one of the most uh, incisive intellects in our modern era to understand the dialectics of control they've used for ages. The science is very, very advanced, the science of the mind. They don't teach this in school. You need this information to survive the days, weeks, and months ahead just as much as you need the hand tools, the heritage seeds, the water, etc. Because if you don't have your mind clear as to what's going on, you won't know what to avoid otherwise. So let's hear from Dr. Frank B. Fisher telling us the latest on what's going on on the war on pain. And then we'll hear uh, the response by Alan Watt. So welcome to the program for this cameo. Dr. Frank B. Fisher with your very erudite and astute intellect and the voice. Well, right now we're not really having a war on pain. What we're having is a war on people who have pain. Very, very, uh, they, very, very accurate. <laughs> if you have pain, you're like the you're, you're like the, in the you're like the Rosa Parks of years ago. The wrong uh, sex, uh, color of skin, uh, orientation, etc. Well, actually, Rosa Parks was lucky. They just wanted her to sit at the back of the bus. Right. If you get the disease we call chronic pain. Your doctor is going to despise you. He's going to discriminate against you and torture you. And if you can't get over it on your own, he's going to let you die from it after he tortures and abuses you. Right. And this is so a that's very why real I thing. say this. This is a war on the sickest and most vulnerable people in our society, and it's killing about a million people a year and leaving another 10 million completely disabled and non-functional. Right. In fact, it makes me repent of actually being a doctor. When I think of my colleagues literally trying to train new doctors to believe in this insane dialectic of control, that if the patient suggests that they aren't getting control, that it's really a patient who is evil somehow, manipulated and addictive, and really what they're doing is they're dying. In fact, I read the latest report of a young lady who had a serious problem and she died in the hospital after going back three times because the doctors would not believe her and they literally writhed around on the floor and even the janitor walked around her until finally she died right there in the hospital. I read about that. That happened in an uh, emergency room down in Los Angeles, right. California. Typical and thing to what happen. happened is the lady came back for a third time, and the emergency room staff labeled her as a complainer. Oh, which like complaining. Yeah, so she laid on the floor and writhed around, like you said, while her large bowel ruptured and... And what that does effectively is it coats the inside of the abdominal cavity with feces. It's like having an extremely bad burn over nearly the entire surface area of the skin. That's the seriousness of this condition. And basically they let her roll around on the floor and ignored her while she died because she had pain and they didn't really want to be bothered with a complainer. No. Listen, you better not complain, otherwise we'll just let you die. Right here. That, it's well, either way, they were, either way they were going to let her die, whether yeah. she complained or not, because the, the complaint was of pain. This demonstrates how people are treated in emergency rooms when they show up for a second or third time with an undiagnosed pain complaint. 
Yeah, yeah. And now people might think, oh, this is an anomaly. No, I can tell you right now whether it's workers' compensation dealing with a toxic exposure, but the most serious and the most evil is this pain issue. There's there's millions and millions of Americans that can't get a doctor to treat them. And believe me, not every pain can respond to a selective nerve root block or a surgery, only a tiny minority and only for a tiny period of time. But we do have the magic bullet. The latest, of course, uh, horror is the Purdue Pharma drug company now has been caught uh, saying that there wasn't an addictive potential to the long-acting form of narcotics. All the doctors have prescribed this, knowing that there are going to be people that are going to get problems. But guess what? We are, aren't responsible for every single thing. We have to deal with a patient in front of us suffering from a crush injury, a progressive disease, or pain syndrome that by itself is a separate problem. Tell us about some of your analysis of this very serious crisis and the interference and the criminalization of the practice of medicine. Oh, well. Uh, big question. Start. Wherever you want to take it, it's all up to you. I, I tend to rant and I just let you go. How's that? I know. When you do that, my mind goes blank. Uh, it's, it's meant to be somewhat overwhelming because I want to get people to have an emotional response. They need to know it's them in the hospital, it's them at home, it's them begging their doctor, whether they're a doctor themselves or an attorney or a judge. I know federal judges that are in, in dire agony when I practice in Colorado. And those doctors and those people and those, pe those politicians that get seriously ill, God help you trying to get someone who will treat your pain when surgery isn't available, when treatment uh, with interventional nerve blocks won't work. And the only thing, the magic bullet, you can't have it. It's narcotics. And if you ask for it, even if you're dying, you could get addicted, even though you could get dead real soon. Uh, the problem here is the politics of fear. Yeah. Uh, the mass media has been very successful in projecting an image around these so-called narcotics, which are actually opioid analgesics, that they're the ultimate evil. And people are susceptible to that sort of thing, particularly coming from the television medium, because it's not interactive. It just runs one direction, and it fills our brains up with this, this garbage. Uh, you mean that people don't think anymore? Well, in order to be able to think clearly, people have to have a good quality of information and an interactive process. And all we've had coming across television about these valuable pain medicines is scare tactics. Yeah. And, and why would they want to do this? Why would they want scare tactics? Is it because the whole anti-pain war is a big industry? Uh, is well, it it's bigger than that. The way to control the population is to scare them and then offer them protection. We're seeing ah. the same thing with the war on terror. It's that sounds the like the Sopranos. That's a, I guess they're the pain Sopranos, I guess. It's the same as the war on drugs. What they're offering us is first to scare us with these evil possibilities with either drugs or terrorism and then offer to protect us in exchange for our freedom. Wow. That's a... That's a very astute analysis. So uh, and how, what are they going to do? How are they going to protect us from our, our suffering, which in many cases pain itself is a terminal condition. It causes cardiac disease. It causes uh, deconditioning. It causes suicide. It causes people to end up with many other illnesses on top of it. Uh, and uh, it kills millions of Americans every year because of undertreatment. Yet they try to say that they're going to not interfere uh, with uh, unnecessary ex extensive regulation when doctors that do continue to do pain medicine and uh, uh, despite the dangers to try to be compassionate they get routed out of practice or their carcasses get thrown into prison for the rest of their uh, very miserable lives 
Well, the government isn't really offering to protect us against pain, which is the primary evil. They're offering to protect us against drugs. But that's all a lie also because the drugs are freely available to everyone who wants them except for pain patients who don't have the resources to get them. Right. And that's why, in fact, it's very obvious to me that even though the government's incomplicit with narco-terrorists like uh, former Vincente Fox when they signed the free trade agreement, we've had free trade and narcotics coming into America by the DEA and the CIA for decades, and it's well known with people like Sally Castillo that the government's involved with laundering and bringing the drugs in. But by the God, if you are a pain patient or a doctor trying to treat someone suffering from pain, God help you if something happens down the road. It's almost like if you you gave somebody a pair of shoes, and while they were wearing the shoes which you sold them, they committed a crime. You are somehow complicit in the crime because they wore the shoes you sold them. That's, That's what's called a strict liability standard. Right. Uh, That's the kind of insanity we have now. I just, I can't, I can't believe that this kind of insane logic it can hold up, and that even so-called lawyers who know the rules of evidence and and attributable liability would even suggest that this conforms to any rational standard of logic. Well, it isn't rational at all. At all. The basis for it is generally known as the big lie. Ah. The big lie is repeated over and over. And in this case, it's about the opioid analgesics. I don't think it's a coincidence that the government selected them because they are the best class of medications we have. That makes them the most valuable in the black market. Wow. Can you see back for just a moment so I can hear Alan Watts' analysis and then your comments? Uh, uh, Dr. Frank B. Fisher, the top pain uh, doctor who suffered the... Uh, the ingratitude of a system that does not like us to serve and treat the people and help their pain. Welcome back to the Nutramedical Report. We want to have now Alan Watts' analysis and Dr. Frank B. Fisher's response. Uh, Alan, welcome to the program, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Thanks very much for being on the program again, Alan. Yes, yeah, a pleasure to be on. Um, it's an interesting topic, but it goes back much, much uh, earlier in history as to how this has come about because when they set up the League of Nations with the Department of Population Reduction they discussed all the possibilities of a future world with uh, a managed society with a, a fixed population if it been brought down to a fixed population and they found that it would be counterproductive uh, to to actually give out good medical aid for pain since that was going to be used down the road for one of the reasons for euthanasia and chronic long-term pain uh, takes the life out of uh, a patient of course it wears them down until there's no quality of life so it would be counterproductive to give them actual pain medication which worked and bring down a population at the same time now it's mainly people who hit the 40s and 50s who start to get the aches and pains and all the damage that they've had when they're young will, will start to show itself for the first time and it's a gradual decline from there now in the new world order the, the world that they envisage coming into view uh, they don't want people to, to live too long after retirement in fact they'd rather you just walked into a booth and got zapped and be out of the way right yeah, if you treat the pain, you're actually being counterproductive. They want to bring on a euthanasia. We're going to get more programs on this. And it's all going to be with people uh, around the retirement age who have suffered so much and will all be very emotional about it. 
and they will pass the euthanasia bills. Well, that's what they're talking about now. In fact, the, the main thing driving the euthanasia bills is the fear of terminal pain when there's no excuse. Experts like myself and, and Dr. Fisher can more than adequately control the pain. There's no reason for anyone with even the most horrendous condition if they're dying or if they're suffering a chronic pain condition, suffering to the point where they can't feel like the next day is so much a burden they can't breathe or do anything in the future. It's just ridiculous to have seen our medical profession or a bunch of scared ignoramuses and they don't want to know the truth because it'll put more guilt on them and they're under control of mind control technologies. Your comments, Alan, in terms of this very, yeah. you know, uh, ancient yeah, matrix. Yeah, years ago they said they would use the professions to bring all of this new world order about. Stalin said the same thing. He knew the agenda and then eventually socialism and so did Lenin. Socialism would blend yeah, he said, uh, let, let me control the doctors and I will control them all. That's his That's actual right. statement. Let me control the doctors. That's mm -hmm. why he wanted to get the Greek Orthodox clergy first in the Soviet Union. That's why they had to get all the physicians. In fact, uh, it was uh, Stalin who went and asked his uh, junior to say, please get a doctor. I'm feeling unwell. He said, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Stalin. Uh, there, uh, there is no doctors because you have killed them all. Yes, and then Stalin said too, he said we must pay so much money, much more money to teachers because they will be the prime indoctrination force for bringing up the generations. And then, of course, the police and the military were next, right. beginning with the professionals because the professionals would have power. Uh, in the West, you, you began with health services. There are now health authorities. Ah. And, and that was the whole plan along the way. And then you have the Club of Rome, which is one of the top think tanks for this world structure. They pass on their ideas to the Bilderbergers and, and the lesser think tanks that then implement them into action through the media. Wow. And uh, the, the Bilderbergers, too, uh, were one of their main jobs, uh, along with the Club of Rome, uh, was to find ways to reduce the population, to make life intolerable, and then point it out to the public so that the public would go along with a vast reduction in population. And pain, of course, as I say, is always the greatest one because when you are living in chronic pain, uh, you simply can't do all the things you otherwise could still be capable of doing to give life quality. So this all fits together. It's not by chance. No, in fact, it also fits in with the saying over the top of the Nazi death camps, work to live, yes. which is the uh, modus, and they have built the death camps in Nazi Germany. Most Germans I knew that lived uh, during the, the Third Reich in Germany or Austria weren't even aware of the camps. We are. We know that Kellogg, Brown, and Root, we know that Bechtel Corporation has built them above and underground. We know that the, uh, that the, that these corporations have built them at taxpayer money, 660 of them for 100,000, two for a million. One that's being completed for two and a half million people, believe it or not. They have converted all these old ex-military and other bases, and they have created, literally, camps not just for, quote, illegals or Muslims. They've created them for us. Uh, a few years ago, it was in all the national papers, one of the camps in the United States um, had over the gate, works, work makes free, and someone pointed it out. That was a direct translation from, the, from one of the old uh, Nazi camps, and they did uh, take it down. They said they were so ignorant they didn't know. Well, isn't that, isn't that the statement? I think it was the marketing genius of, what was his name? Was that Goebbels or one of the other ones that uh, thought up this uh, work makes, uh, makes uh, free? Makes it was freedom. actually the top boys from New York who set up the IG Farben company, which funded the whole war machine oh, wow. for Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, and basically nothing new is under the sun. It's the same marketing geniuses that have done this. Yes. And the IG Farben company 
was just a, a, an umbrella company of many corporations which still exist today. ITT made the Falk Wolf uh, fighter, and uh, GM was over there, and Ford. They both successfully sued the U.S. government back in the 1980s for destroying their plants uh, where they were producing tanks and armored vehicles in Germany, and oh, the U.S. No. taxpayer actually funded, uh, recompensed them for that. Yeah, they had to compensate them for bombing their places because they weren't supposed to bomb them because, in fact, by orders going through the British High Command, uh, through the British Air Force, the Canadian Air Force, and American, they were not to bomb these plants for producing the death weapons, even munitions which were sold to the British uh, and paid for by British uh, gold bullion from the Queen's uh, gold bullion stores. This is how evil this is. They are literally setting up a dialectic of conflict, and this latest war against pain patients and pain doctors is the most vile of all of them. Yes, but that's essential, as I say, because uh, um, Holland was the first country to to actually legally come out and authorize doctors to use euthanasia on certain patients. Right. They've already had some foul-ups because one nun was euthanized without permission, and it wasn't until she was dead that they found out she was actually a nun. And, uh, uh, but then they managed to cover that up pretty good. You cannot give the authority for that kind of thing to the state, which is exactly what the state wants. Right. Who lives and who dies. Wow. Uh, your comments, Dr. Fisher. Uh, this discussion about euthanasia reminds me of a little story I read by Kurt Vonnegut about ethical suicide parlors. Ah. His proposal was to control the population by putting one next door to each Howard Johnson's and giving it a purple roof rather than an orange one. And there would be ethical suicide hostesses who would talk people into taking the plunge and show them a movie and give them their last meal and all. Mm -hmm. Really? So that that was shown, in fact, that uh, was incorporated into the book and in the movie Soil and Green, where you see the person, the, the elderly fellow, uh, getting put into one of these places, and the music comes on, the, the walls light up like giant screens, he sees birds and flowers and forests, hears the music, and then he's given the injection and quietly drifts off. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this is what they want. Well, we need to continue on the battle. Uh, Dr. Fisher, appreciate your cameo today. We'll continue the dialogue with Alan Watt cutting through the matrix. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for a lot, me. Dr. Fisher. And, uh, Alan, let's continue this. And we're going to talk about the infiltration of the alphabet letter agencies into the media and what it's doing to our society. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Nutramedical Report for Monday. The 11th of June, 2007, and we do have Robert in uh, Nova Scotia. Go ahead with your question or comment for Alan, and let's stimulate some dialogue here. 866-582-9933. We need to get people trained to the basics to recognize the enemy, the tactics of the enemy, and then they can simply disable it, just like a master at martial arts. I like the picture that Alan has on the front of his website, Cutting Through the Matrix, that's C-U-T-T-I-N-G, Through TheMatrix.com. It shows him flying through the air, knocking the all-seeing eye off the top of the pyramid. And that's what we need to do here intellectually. He's training us up to the level where you'll understand and then be able to neutralize him with a karate blow or a martial arts blow. Robert, your question. Uh, hi, Dr. Bill. Hi, uh, Alan. Um, just a quick question. I'm at work here, actually. I'm on the cell phone. And uh, anyways, I was just wondering, uh, what, what's the uh, possibility of um, uh, just the... Uh, drug companies uh, with euthanasia and everything these days that uh, they could just uh, 
plant uh, things in the drugs like vitamins and whatnot to uh, help reduce the population. Uh, just simple things like that. that well, I, I taught the course uh, four years ago to the Special Op and Delta in North America, uh, here in the United States and Canada, uh, as uh, literally sitting in while we did the international seminars for doctors in Australia, North America, and Europe on bioterrorism. I was a main professor on February 12th. And for the next four or five days, we traded stories. And, in fact, they were doing war game simulations with what's called binary toxins, where you can put something in the air and something in the water or vice versa, something like that, like something in one means of, of, of ingress into your body. And only if you had both, just like one of those old Batman specials, you know, I think he had some show years ago where they had a binary toxin. Well, believe it or not, they've done this. They've got binary toxins, and you have to think of it like the GMO, Frankenfoods, the World Trade Organization Codex. And they add these toxins all together, they're going to fry you. If you're eating uh, excitotoxins like aspartame, if you get GMO Frankenfood uh, foods that have got genes that don't belong there with organic acids, if you add to that all the crazy vaccines, you're not going to think straight or even want to resist. And uh, you add these together, and with the right trigger, it can kill people. And... Uh, you know, I've heard stories of even uh, water systems where they have water release valves that can be operated by remote control from, uh, I believe it's uh, Janet Phelps. And she showed me, we talked about this almost two years ago in the program. Uh, these things are very real. They are wargaming these out so they can send out binary toxins. Your comments, Alan? Yes, I knew for a long time, in fact, that uh, the synthetic uh, kinds of vitamins you're seeing in the market uh, had uh, alternate purposes built into them, but they've been doing this along with the inoculations uh, since at least the 1950s too, where you can get your initial inoculations and it might not be, that's like uh, cocking the hammer on a gun, and it, it won't be until you get your boosters, maybe when you're 30 or 40, that you'll suddenly come down with massive arthritis and stuff like this. Absolutely. So they've been at this for an awful long time because population reduction is definitely one of their priorities, always has been. Right. In fact, we've seen this with the actual plans that they've done with their, with the uh, um, with these vaccines. They know that they're a cancer lace like this Gardasil, having massive reactions, and Charles is still trying to ignore it. Uh, this is this so-called vaccine. They say, oh, it's not contaminated. I even had people try to email me, oh, there's no DNA in it. I said, really? Do you know that how these things are made? I said, I worked in the lab. I can tell you they cannot remove cancer DNA from these vaccines. That's not possible. Uh, and also, the immune reactions, they know the third round of these uh, kitty vaccines that are laced with mercury or other toxicants like uh, excitotoxins, they even put aspartame in vaccines. Now, tell me why you put a sweetener in a vaccine, aluminum or other adjuvants. They cause the third round to turn these kids into autistic kids. That's what we find. It happens all the time. The third round, I've seen it personally. We've given these things. I'm in the literally on the ground floor as a doctor who's seen these things. The last vaccine I saw was given to my daughter 15 years ago with Down syndrome, and she promptly that evening had a respiratory arrest, and luckily I had an ambu bag and put, a, put an airway and actually ventilated her and saved her life on the kitchen table. So I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty angry that my professors and doctors try to lie to me, and if you read the product inserts, doctors, and if you think you're going to take me on, I will do a mental autopsy on you here on this program. I dare you to call in and think that you know more than me because you don't now, docs. So uh, let's continue on with this dialogue. Alan. Yeah, well, I was going to mention about the aspartame. It's so interesting. I mean, aspartame is, is, is such a, a blatantly high uh, Masonic term. You have the asp, which is a serpent, of course, all Cleopatra did herself in supposedly with them. Uh, right. And you've got tame. You see, you tame the person. 
and you, you, you do that by going for the brain cells. However, who was the one who got it through into the, the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug uh, Administration? It was Donald Rumsfeld. Uh. Who did Donald Rumsfeld work for? Prior to that, he worked for the company. He was the CEO of the company that brought in aspartame. Uh, this guy was a leg boy for bioweapons in the chemical industries for many years. He was the one is on video who took uh, the, the weapons over to Iraq in the, in the 1970s and 80s that eventually were used for gassing the Iranians. So uh, this guy's been a leg boy for, the, for the, the chemical warfare department for a long, long time. And this is the guy who brought us all aspartame. Yeah, it's amazing, but it's actually true. They, he actually brought us aspartame, and he is also the one who brought the toxic, uh, dangerous weapons uh, to kill the Kurds in the north. Yes. Same guy. And, yes, you know, just read the news. You know, don't believe us, for God's sake. Don't believe a thing we say. In fact, if you do believe it, you need a slap. Because if people believe it, even if it sounds real plausible, and you've heard it from me and Alex and everybody else, you need to go check it out yourself, and then you need to react. Don't just stand there and think, oh, I don't need to prepare. I don't need to deal with the fact that they're surrounding the Browns when they're letting illegals come into the country. I don't uh, need to be worried that when I get on an airliner, they don't have a bio bag for and a HEPA filter in every aircraft and send it off to a biological weapons lab to make sure there's not resistant TB there. They're going to follow it down later. I'm sure they wouldn't let me get on the flight if I could get poisoned or toxified or killed or they spread a pandemic through the silver birds that fly every day and don't follow migratory routes. They don't care. They want to kill you, and if you don't get it, and I'm telling you from the inside, a doctor, for a third of a century, you better watch out. If you don't listen to me, if you don't listen to experts like Alan, you're going to die, and it's going to leave a mark. It's going to be nasty going down. It won't be so pleasant either. Don't think you've got a pension. And those people on the inside who think they've sold out the brown shirts, you're the first to get shot in the back of the head. You need to go to our side. You need to join our team. We're the winning team. We're the team that wants you to do well. We don't want to take your life. We don't want to take your fortune. We don't want to take your, your future and your genetics. We want you to th survive and thrive. We are the people who care about the continuation of society, the people who have hired you, the police, the firefighters, all these people who have been lied to, the, the people that have, have gone to the wrong side inside the military. We talked about with, with the Marine Warfighting College, the infiltration of evil ones. Repent. Turn back. Get away from that. Realize no matter what you've done before, if you don't stop doing it, you're going to die in your sins, as Jesus said. You're going to, in that dialectic, it doesn't matter what religion you believe in. You're going you're gonna to pay for it. And this happened in other cultures where they took those first people. They're the highest liability. You know what they're doing because you're doing it. You know, I talked to one guy who was a CIA and I talked to NSA and I said, well, how do you retire from the CIA? And he was standing around the parking lot back in 1994 in Colorado Springs and he looked at me kind of in chagrin. He says, you retire by being double tapped. I said, what the heck is that? He said, well, you get shot twice in the head and twice in the heart with a 22." He says, I have to carry a tracker around in my car with me all the time in case they have to call me up, whether I'm NSA or CIA. And he said, if you don't carry these things, you're done. They'll find where you are and they'll take you out. And every single one of his conversations, everything's tracked and controlled and everything. So you need to know this, that if you're former Navy SEALs, for example, and you're asked the question, will you shoot on Americans? When you retire from the SEALs, they're watching you. They have agents assigned to you every day. And the NSA, 25% of the UPS drivers in the United States and worldwide are NSA or other uh, alphabet agencies the same way in Canada. 
the same way the oldest elevator and the Krupp uh, elevator uh, men, 95% of those guys are government agents. 95%. So one of my buddies, who was the head of Chief Missile Command of, at Strategic Defense Command, I said, what do you want to do when you retire? He said, I want to be a UPS driver. And he had a big smile. I said, why the hell would you want to do that? You're the head of Strategic Defense Command, top radar. He said, because I'll get my pension from the military, radar services, I'll get a UPS salary, and I'll get my NSA check, and I'll have a little truck with all kinds of electronic gear to surveil people. I said, my God. And he said, you know how many of those UPS trucks are loaded to the gills with equipment? I said, what kind of a world are you building? Your comments, Alan. Yeah, I know more about the UPS. It works for the government now. It's, it's, um, you better believe it. Corporation. We'll be back in just a moment with Alan Watt. Welcome back to the Nutri-Medical Report. And again, the website's Nutri, N-U-T-R-I, medical, M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. The only time you can feel happy is when you serve your fellow man. And the very first step toward restoration of the Constitution is to maintain the physical Constitution. That's why you see the primary attack of the Nazis was with fluoride. The latest, the Nazi thought up the World Trade Organization Codex Elementarius in the early 60s. It literally, they implemented it in the mid-90s, and they're now trying to put it into act worldwide as a standard for poisoning the population with a molecular holocaust. So this fits in with the dialectic of control. It goes right back to feudalism of the Middle Ages and thousands of years before. Tell us uh, some of the uh, bases upon which they're doing the attacks against the population, Alan. Well, if you go back to the early economists that we know of that worked for the British government, back to Thomas Malthus in the 1700s. Uh, he was also the head of the British East India Company, which uh, all, the member, all the shareholders were members of royalty and the aristocracy, their relatives. Uh, he talked about how to depopulate uh, excess populations when their purpose was over, and they had uh, international meetings in the 1700s about that very problem between them and their sister company, the, the Dutch East India Company, both owned by their all families. And uh, he suggested even putting housing in uh, unhealthy areas near swamps, etc., uh, crowd them together, and then disease will spread much easier through them, especially the, uh, the young and elderly would be the first to go. So these were things were talked about quite uh, practically from their point of view. They're very pragmatic as they see themselves and people are there to serve them. They see, from the top, they see the average person at the bottom is a different species. We have to understand that. Uh, Darwin helped to champion their cause by, by introducing uh, a validification a, a of the class system. And, of course, under Darwin's theory uh, of social Darwinism, the elite deserved to be at the top because they had the survival instincts and the cunning and all the abilities necessary to, to be where they are, which left everyone down below as basically the, belonging to the junk gene group. Uh, you wouldn't evolve any further. So your use basically was to feed the elite. And when they had no more purpose for you, uh, and you couldn't produce for them, then you should simply be called off like any other animal. This was talked about in the 1700s, the 1800s, the 1900s, up to the present day, and it still is talked about at the top of the United Nations. We should take this very, very seriously. These guys mean what they say. They yeah. don't believe in an excess population in a post-industrial society, and they have been depopulating by introducing all of these um, diseases 
which come out of laboratories. Uh, if you don't believe me, uh, read some of the stuff put out in Canada by the Toronto Star reporter. It's called Deadly Allies. Uh, Canada leads the world in bacterial and viral warfare and has since 1942. Right. And the and Institute in Winnipeg, in fact, has all of the nasty weapons from America and Russia sitting in their laboratory without proper safeguards, and they know it. Yes. And uh, the other part, of course, was to sterilize the male, uh, alter his hormonal reproduction mechanisms, and uh, feminize him because they don't want an aggressive male society uh, when we're going through vast changes. And voila, what you have today, you have the statistics given out every year by the United Nations, quietly, calmly, on the sperm count of the male in the West. It's down 75% of what it was in 1950. There's no comment as to why, which tells you right away it's intended to be that way, or otherwise it would be a crisis. If there's right. no crisis and yet we're three-quarters sterile, um, that tells you there's an agenda behind it. Right. Right, and we see it already. Young couples, 20 to 25 percent of all young couples in North America are functionally sterile now. That's why you see all these women, not only young, but now in their late 30s, trying to get pregnant, and they can't. They can't because there's, you know, estrogens, there's toxins out there. They're not properly ovulating. They get heavy metals in their brainstem, which means they can't cycle properly. And then they try to use artificial means to do it, which causes multiple pregnancies and great danger to the woman and the babies. So we've got preemie babies that are very small, need ICN, intensive care nursery. It's all in the same system, and they want to outlaw regular reproduction. The step is, firstly, Igor, and a lot of people think he's great. I think Igor, or Al Gore is his better name, uh, is a fool. And he wants to, of course, step on the stage as the savior, even if he's not president. He's an evil man. And he might say one little fact that seems to make some sense, and the rest of it is pure evil, because what they want to do is make breathing out attacks and then they want to outlaw wild reproduction so that human beings can only reproduce in a laboratory under government control. And also, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, who's uh, uh, one of the biggest predictive programmers out there, always has been, with a lot of occultic stuff written in his books with time dates and everything of implementation of the agenda. Right. His last book was 3001, and at this particular period in time, uh, you would have to serve the state very, very well uh, to be authorized to reproduce your, your offspring, but with a nor in a normal manner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they're up to. And uh, people say, oh, no, you, you, you can't be uh, saying this. Uh, read the books. Get the materials from Cutting Through the Matrix, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Uh, support great teachers like Alan Watt. So listen to the programs. This is real. And if you don't prepare you know, intellectually and spiritually, if you don't prepare physically for what's coming, and you don't keep your body, mind, and spirit clean from toxins because they're going to attack your mind so you can't think straight. They want to have, fill you with fear so you won't be able to plan. They want to impoverish you so you won't have the resources. Uh, they, don't even want, they want to outlaw even having home gardens. This is what's so amazing. They, and it's so obvious sometimes when they want to reintroduce toxins like uh, seven of nine banned pesticides in 179 countries. They want to put them back in your food. They want to put in GMO frankenfoods when they already know some of these pesticides like the neonicotinoid pesticides already outlawed in France, killing the bees in North America. And they're always so surprised that it's lethal. It just drives me nuts that people want to argue over stuff that's already over, like mercury toxicity or depleted uranium, thinking, oh, we can use a bluster and try to odograss you and tell you that you're a fool if you think depleted uranium is toxic. And also, too, 
it's interesting that Canada was a test bed. We were the guinea pigs for the GMO foods. It only it was announced to the public in Britain because it leaked out from or from Canada. It leaked out from Britain. Right. And uh, and then the government admitted uh, that yes, they'd done secret deals. Secret. They admitted secret deals with Monsanto to make the stuff grow it and and test it and observe the the health of the Canadian public. And under a national health care system, it's quite easy to trace everybody in their health care. Right. So it was a perfect lab, a guinea pig laboratory for 10 years. We did not know this. Right, and uh, one of the things is a criminal prosecution by Monsanto, I call Mount Satan, against farmers in Saskatchewan that had the Monsanto... Um, uh, contamination of their fields and literally said because their fields now had contaminated deep genes in them that somehow Monsanto had a right to those crops and could right. sue the properties. This is how insane it is and you criminals out there and the chief justices, you need to know you're destroying your future because there's a point at which if you don't, you get your uh, right to rule given by us. It's acceded from us and if you abuse it, at some point we're going to pull it. And if you think that you're going to regulate doctors or military personnel or engineers and continue to do it without any regard to us and our, our autonomy, think again. Because the sheep are growing long claws, have big muscles, and we got fangs now that are made of titanium. We're not going to take this lying down. And you better think about it. When you start surrounding people like the Browns down there, you might figure it's going to be a frontal attack and we'll be stupid enough to fight you straight on. Don't think that it will be that stupid. You won't see it coming. And it's going to come as an information and as a spiritual war, but many others. So, think again. Join the real winning side, the side that cares about you and your future because your masters don't. Uh, Alan, your closing comments. Yes, uh, it is coming, and more people are waking up, and uh, the boys at the top uh, are realizing it. They've got to keep pushing now. Well, they're going to get in for a real surprise. So don't think this is going to be a pushover, people. Think about it. Switch sides now while you can, because your masters will take you out first, not us. Thanks, Alan. We'll continue the dialogue with Alan Watt and many future programs, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Stand up and speak out now, or you will be silenced.